Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. In the holy name of Jesus. Amen. If you've ever been in an argument with somebody, maybe your spouse or a family member, a co-worker, maybe it's a friendly debate, maybe it's a downright heated argument, it's always nice to have somebody on your side. Somebody that you can refer back to, maybe one or two people, somebody that as your argument ensues, you can turn around and say, well, I have these people here who agree with me. Now you all tell them why I'm right. You've all been there before. You've all had those arguments and those debates. How often has that happened where we're by ourselves and our argument is failing and we're not sure if anybody is on our side or anybody is going to be there to help us. It seems as times go on as we debate various things, we're looking for somebody, anybody to be there for us especially when there seems like there's so many things against you. Today, in this fifth Sunday of Easter, we kind of have a little shift in our lectionary. We're kind of going away from the resurrection accounts and more towards the accounts of where Jesus talks about sending the Holy Spirit, the helper, the comforter. Pentecost is not terribly far away. Jesus calls the Holy Spirit today the helper. Other translations use the words like guide or intercessor or comforter. What Jesus actually is using today about the Holy Spirit is a legal term, a term that is found in our legal system. If you're a lawyer here today, you might get what he's saying. The Holy Spirit is one who argues for you on account of you. The Holy Spirit is the one who advocates for you. He is the one who speaks on your behalf all good things concerning truth and righteousness. All good things concerning what Jesus has done for you. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. And the Holy Spirit says today, so shall you. So shall you rise on the last day. But all the more, it seems at times today, especially as we continue on with these blasted masks and this pandemic and all the regulations that we have, it seems at times that maybe that God might be angry with us. Maybe we have felt like he is pouring out his wrath on us as of lately, his judgment. How does your former life seem? It seems like we wish we could go back to 2019, 2015, anytime before 2020 and even spilling over into 2021. But doesn't that former life seem kind of empty? Was it filled with maybe empty distractions that turned you away from the good things of God? Or has this pandemic turned you away from the good things of God? Has this pandemic and everything that we have encountered show you maybe the emptiness of life? It seems like our families are not as connected. It seems like all the stuff that we collect, all of the stuff, every last bit of those things, doesn't really hold on to us a whole lot. What about the church? Where has the church stood in the midst of all of these questions? All of this emptiness, all of this time where it seems like God may be wrathful or possibly putting us to the tent, to test. What about the mere goodness of God's creation? 
And now without all of those things, at times, life seems empty. Maybe it seems a little meaningless, a little pointed the wrong direction. I love what somebody said to me earlier this week. It seems like all of us have sat around over the last year with a giant bandage and ice pack wrapped around our head. It's been a year-long plus of having a major boo-boo. But what all of this should show us here today, and with all of this advocate language of Jesus and the Holy Spirit, is that the only true thing that can satisfy us is the word of the Lord, his gifts. Yet how often have we drastically scattered ourselves from what God has planted at this place? We can become so easily distracted by things that at the end of the day, the word of God planted here, his sacraments given to us here, don't really matter. But they do. I can binge watch a boatload of shows online. I could probably binge watch about eight hours of shows like Gold Rush or fishing shows, but I probably couldn't tell you anything about it after watching eight hours aimlessly online. But truly and honestly, I'm not simply saying this as a pastor standing up here before you today. If I simply spend five minutes in the Word of God, hearing God's Word spoken to me through an audio version or reading it in my office or at home, amazing things can honestly happen. Life seems so much more at peace. My mind is open and everything seems to be right. And I don't know how many times I'm constantly referring back throughout my day or that week what I have heard and what I've read. The Word of God is restorative. It's refreshing. And it's amazing. And yet we so readily and easily are taken away from the Word. How many of us are going to stay for Bible class today? How many of us are jumping online with our Zoom Bible classes that we have? How many of us are doing regular devotions, regular readings of God's Word? It's not that you have to be a Bible whiz and somehow be able to memorize all of this and be able to speak it all and have all the answers to anybody who might question you. But it's also not a book to be put up on the shelf. To collect dust. And it's not something that we should approach by simply saying, well, I did my confirmation, I'm baptized, I'm pretty good, pastor, with all of these things. When you strip away all of the comforts of life, when you strip away all of the things that we become so easily inclined to, we realize that this life is very empty. And all that we really have, even in the face of a pandemic, is God and his word. His word which says Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. And that word really says that Christ has overcome death. How many have we buried over the last 14 months? How many people have not been able to attend a funeral of their loved ones, of their friends? How many people have we seen throughout our communities being gunned down in senseless violence? Death and decay is all around us, but God's word says that Christ has overcome the veil of tears, the valley of the shadow of death. He has risen from the dead, 
death no longer has dominion over him or you. However, for us in the church, unfortunately, this has become nothing more than just an organization. We have more planned meetings and board meetings than coming to regular study of God's word. And this is not just us, it's every church out there today. The church almost seems to become a business. And for what? If we fill up our lives with the empty things, we will be empty and unsatisfied. We will be angry. We will be alone, unloved, and lonely. And yes, convicted in our sins. Sounds like the Holy Spirit isn't arguing for me today, Pastor, but maybe arguing against me. And I'm right there with you. I stand up here as your under-shepherd, as your pastor, and I myself am distracted and taken away from these things that God has planted and given for me. I'm not standing up here today as some shining example, no matter how many lights we put up here. The Lord has shown us the emptiness of this world and the fragility of it all, and the things that we so depend on will be destroyed. They break. They're gone. And in the end, we're stuck with answers that don't seem to give us any comfort. Answers from the world. Answers that constantly say, keep on looking. And in the end, when we come back here, when we realize what it is that God has given to us, at times we may feel foolish. I feel ashamed because I put stock in so much other stuff than what God has planted here. But the Holy Spirit has been given to help us, to comfort us. We should listen. We should learn. We should run back to the things that God has established in us so that we can remember. Remember all of these things that I've talked about here today, all of these questions that people have, all of these feelings that people have, everyone is asking these things. They may not be openly asking them to you, but trust me, they are. They're questioning what truly matters, what is truth, because in the end, we live in this broken and dying and confused world with them. And every question that you've had, even as Christians, the non-believing world has had as well. But this is why we come back to this place for help. This is what it really means when we turn ourselves away from ourselves and toward the face of God. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers, says James. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Did you hear that today? Every good gift is given to you from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Change. Ooh, we don't like that word, do we? Change in our society, change is in our church, changes in how the things that we do are normal everyday, everyday routines, changes in whatever else it is that we are used to and what we're accustomed to. This whole past 14 plus months has changed our lives dramatically. But 
But notice what James says. Every good and perfect gift God has given to you from the Father of light. The Father of lights with whom the darkness cannot overcome. And there is no variation. There's no change in any of this. No matter how dark this world can be. The Lord has shown us the emptiness and the frailness of the things that we so depend on. And he shows us that they will dry up and wither away. It seems that after this past year, we don't have much to look forward to. We can't figure out how to get back to normal. We can't figure out how to live normally again. And we've all been there. Not even our human wisdom or our governmental leaders or even our science anymore seems to really give us a true, correct answer. It always seems to change. Change, change, change. But all that we have is Jesus. Christ Jesus, the same yesterday, today, and forever. All that you have and I have is Jesus. This is the truth. For he is the truth. And he is fear, here for you. If you feel like you have felt the wrath of God, it is because of your sinfulness. It's because of my sinfulness. He will strip you down of your security blankets and all that is weighing and strangling you down, not to condemn and destroy you, but to set you free. But that is not all that the Spirit is given to do. He comforts by taking away the discomfort, the things that we didn't even know that were bad for us. And what else? He is given by Jesus to convince you of righteousness. Again, there's some of that courtroom language, that legal language. I don't like the translation of convict. It's not very good. It's not a good term. The reality is, is that Jesus says the Holy Spirit will be sent to convince you, to convince you of these things. The, the Holy Spirit is sent to hand down the verdict of righteousness because Christ Jesus has died and he has been buried, and Christ is risen. He is risen indeed, hallelujah. Risen from the dead. And now our brother sits at the right hand of the Father, and you are proclaimed. You are announced by the Father of lights through the power of the Holy Spirit as one of his righteous, beloved children. You receive the inheritance prepared for you since the foundation of the world. And nothing can take this away from you. Nothing at all. There's nothing you can do about it either. You are baptized in the Christ, worded in the Christ, fed by Christ today. And as you leave this place, no matter how you feel, you are holy, innocent, righteous, and blameless in his sight. Why? Because the Holy Spirit says so. And His word is truth for you. All of the emptiness, all of the stuff for the world, all of the technology, it is for nothing. Because Christ has died for you. It's hard to think that God isn't on your back, but He is for you. He is here given to be your comforter, your helper. And for those of you who think that you've got this life down, who say, I don't need a whole lot of help, 
That's where God will bring you down to your knees even further. Be careful lest you think you stand, says Paul, and you fall. You need this help, just like everybody else needs this help, just like I need this help. You remember a few weeks ago at the Easter evening where Jesus came to his disciples who sat in fear? They were frightened, they were hidden away, and he breathes on them the Holy Spirit. He gives them the Spirit and tells the disciples and the apostles to go and forgive sins. For where there is forgiveness, there is life and salvation. Do you remember that? Remember what he said in the midst of fear and in the midst of hiding away? Go and forgive. And I would say the Holy Spirit is saying to us today, go and do likewise. Think about that for just one moment. Think about all of the change and chaos that we've experienced over the last 14 months. Think about all the uncertainty of our future that we have. Think about all the bantering and ramblings on that we have in our communities and our society today. And think about how much you can change the lives of others around you by simply dying to yourself and living for others. By simply also loving and forgiving every last person you encounter. Go and forgive their sins. And yes, your sins are forgiven because of Christ and what he's done. And if you don't like that, then too bad. Too bad, because he's going to give it to you anyways. He says to you today, I forgive you all of your sins. They are all gone, and that is that. No penance, no groveling, no pleading or begging required. The Holy Spirit is your helper, your comforter, and he is fighting for you, and this is the truth. Sorrow and despair may fill your heart, and it has, but there is truly something about Good Friday. Beholding Jesus on the cross, even at the time of Easter. There's something about truly looking at a crucifix as Jesus is dying for the sin of the whole world. Sitting in front of Jesus on the cross, real sorrow is found there. Real chaos and real fear is found there. But he has taken it all on for you. The cross of Jesus exposes all the emptiness and all of the things that the world wants to give to you, death and darkness. But it is also the most glorious thing that you could ever behold with your eyes because it shows that Jesus will do anything, absolutely anything for you, no matter how bad and how far you have strayed from him. It is all to your advantage. That he is gone and buried and raised from the dead all for you. That all of your sin would be taken away and all of his righteousness and fullness would be given to you. And on the day of judgment, you will stand before the throne room of God. On that day of judgment. But you will stand tall because the Holy Spirit will be your advocate, your comforter. For the ruler of this world is cast down, never to accuse you of your sins again. The Holy Spirit will speak on your behalf. Well done, 
good and faithful servant. You are judged victorious for the sake of Jesus Christ, your crucified, risen and Lord, risen and sa risen Savior and Lord. You have inherited the kingdom of righteousness. Alleluia! Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. To Christ alone be the glory forever and ever. Amen.